to the Girl Next Door podcast. I'm Erica. And I'm Kelsey. We're two former next door neighbors and good friends who love a good chat and a good laugh. We're inviting you to come on in, have a drink and stay a while. Hey friend. Hey friend. So this is a Girl Next Door book club episode. So we'll be spending the whole show discussing the novel How to Stop Time by Matt Haig. If you're listening, you're in the book club. That's the beauty of technology. If you have not read the book and you want to go back and read it, then just come back to this episode afterwards. Yep. Waits for you. <laughs> no spoilers. Um, let's start with just kind of a brief summary. So this is just from Amazon in the book description. Okay. Um, Tom Hazard has a dangerous secret. He may look like an ordinary 41-year-old, but because of a rare condition, he's been alive for centuries. From performing with Shakespeare to exploring the high seas with Captain Cook to sharing cocktails with F. Scott Fitzgerald, Tom has seen a lot. But now, after over 400 years of reinventing himself to escape detection, he just wants an ordinary life. The only rule he has to follow is don't fall in love. When Tom catches the eye of a captivating woman named Camille at the dog park, everything begins to unravel. Caught between the danger of discovery and the desire to build a real life, Tom learns that the thing he can't have might just be the thing that saves him. A wild, bittersweet, time-traveling story, How to Stop Time is about losing and finding yourself, about the certainty of change, about the perils of love, and about the mistakes that humans are doomed to repeat. Well. Big stuff. That was a mouthful. <laughs> and actually, it's funny because I feel like we picked this book because we thought it would be fairly light, yeah. which it definitely was like lovely. Right. I'll get into that. But <laughs> I feel like there was more to it than I was yes, than initially just a love story yeah. with kind of an interesting yeah. twist. So what yes. did you think about it? What, As always, we kind of give the book a grade and talk about why. And we each do that and then kind of, you know, dissect it a little bit. So. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, as you know, as our listeners know, maybe by now, I like to read books by not, I don't even read the back cover, the inside flap, okay. just because I don't like anything to kind of color my view of it. Okay. Um, I so, do remember when we were picking this book, uh-huh. reading the description out loud to you and you'd be like, yep, yep, yep. Stop. Sounds good. Stop. <laughs> don't tell me. I need to know. <laughs> um, I think I can't remember if Amazon had compared it this way, or maybe we just thought that maybe it would be kind of similar to the time traveler's uh-huh. wife. Uh-huh. And that is one of my all time favorite yeah. books. So I probably did have pretty high expectations mm-hmm. for it. And it ended up, it felt very different than that book mm-hmm. to me. Um, so overall I'm going to give it a B minus. Um, okay. I thought the premise was really interesting. I've mm-hmm. never read a book with, mm-hmm. you know, um, that kind of a kind of twist on time. But I will say, I think I just felt a little disappointed. I'm not sure if that's because I was kind of hoping for the time traveler's wife or okay. honestly, I found that there wasn't as much love story as I feel like it was touting. Yeah. And actually yeah. the spine right here says romance, uh-huh. which I, I mean, there's a love story, right. but I don't, that to me actually didn't feel it's kind of secondary. Yeah. It mm-hmm. didn't feel like the main thing. So I think that's what I was kind of wanting, but I enjoyed reading it and I would still recommend it to people for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what I liked, um, like I said, just kind of this twist on quote unquote time travel. It was really surprising. I thought there would be like time travel and mm-hmm. then finding out that he's just super old and like doesn't Has age. lived through all yeah, of these I times. Was like, yeah. Oh, that's just really interesting. Yeah. Um, it just led to some observations that I loved about how trivial so much of human existence is, mm-hmm. but then 
but then recognizing what's the most important in human yeah. existence. So that was that was just really interesting. I agreed with a lot of that. I thought that the time period when so Tom was originally born in 1599 mm-hmm. in England. I just don't know if I've read books set in that time period. Yeah. I almost wanted to spend yeah. more time there because mm-hmm. it's just that's just really interesting, yeah. you know. Um we feel like that would be such a primitive time, but at the same time, mm-hmm. humans had come a long way. Anyway, mm-hmm. very interesting. And I think what kind of stayed with me while I was reading those chapters is just, it was just so chilling how people were so ruled by superstitions and groupthink, mm-hmm. which definitely still happens today. Mm-hmm. I am not excluding mm-hmm. us, but it was definitely happening more so. There was just such less information. Right, um, right women had no power yeah and i are just seeing the ways that women were oppressed yes the the tools used yes. to oppress women were yes. different than they are today exactly but really like so scary so so scary mm-hmm. um and i think actually just kind of a tangent thought that that made me think of is i really very rarely romanticize the past like distant eras Mm -hmm. and think oh I wish we could live then because a simpler time Mm -hmm. I mean it would be cool to experience some aspects of different Mm -hmm. past eras but I just immediately think about all the disease yeah and basically all the violence to anyone who wasn't a white male right you know and so it just it kind of just reminded me of that and just I don't know. It just made me feel how terrifying. I just the the scene where Tom's mother is accused of witchcraft and then Ugh. is put to death. I mean, that was just heart wrenching. Yeah. It felt very yeah. visceral. It was just and to know horrible. like that happened. That to real happened. families that happened. And there's no winning. There's exactly no, someone could decide that you were a witch. Yeah, and right. And that's the end of you it. You proved it by dying. You proved you were innocent by dying. Yeah, by I be- mean by being innocent. Anyway, just crazy just, talk. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, a quote that I liked. Um, let's see, a, a few quotes, just kind of about these. I think just bigger observations on life. Um, the longer you live, the more you realize that nothing is fixed. Everyone will become a refugee if they live long enough. Mm-hmm. Everyone will realize their nationality means little in the long run. Everyone would see their worldviews challenged and disproved. Everyone would realize that the thing that the, that defines a human being is being a human. Mm, I highlighted that too. And I think like clearly, and this is a very contemporary book, it mentions some very contemporary things. Mm -hmm. And that is such a comment on just the world today. Mm -hmm. And that made me think something that I've just kind of thought about, just kind of being more aware of world goings on and everything is I, I get so frustrated in all of the killing and the oppression, because like he said, it's just, we're all humans Mm -hmm. and it's so dumb, like not to, um, not to discount the real suffering Mm -hmm. that is happening, but the ultimate reasons of it, it's just like, Mm -hmm. can we really not figure this out Mm -hmm. and just see each other as just, I'm just basically have the same life goals as you. Like Mm -hmm. I want to keep my family safe. I want to, you know, anyway, so that just kind of, spoke to me something that I've kind of thought about. So I I thought that was very um, true. Another one, uh, when Tom is visiting Tahiti with Captain Cook Mm -hmm. and they're kind of going on these discovering Mm -hmm. missions and whatnot, and it's where he first met Oh My, Mm -hmm. that was the the other guy who turns out to be a surfer and also lives for a long time. He said, and yet we had done what so often Mm -hmm. happened in the proud history of geographic discovery. Mm -hmm. We had found paradise 
and then we had set mm. it on fire. I love that too. I, <laughs> very, I didn't love it. Maybe that was right. nice, but, <laughs> but, it, was like but it just profound. felt very, yeah. very true. Um, I, I really liked the way I thought that the author did a good job sometimes that I almost wanted him to do it more where he could suddenly give you a glimpse into the distant past and you could, it felt like all of a sudden time kind of collapsed into a mm-hmm. second. Like when Tom was walking around London mm-hmm. and would say, Oh, there was, there was that flower shop or there's where we used yes. to live and yeah. the horses and the streets. And it is just so interesting to think about, especially these cities that have been around for, mm-hmm. for just decades hundreds of years, um, just all the human life and existence that has Mm -hmm. happened there and all of the change, but all of many of the same problems that we still Mm -hmm. face. I'm not sure. It's like a little bit uplifting, a little bit depressing Mm -hmm. all at the same time. Um, He said uh, a sentence that I highlighted there was, the history of London could be charted by the steady and consistent decline of visible feces in the public streets. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of like just funny little like one-liners like that throughout the book. Yes. Um, So things that I didn't like as much about the book, kind of like I mentioned, I felt like it proclaimed itself as a love story. And I actually felt like we spent more time grieving Rose, Mm. although I didn't feel like I got enough time to really get to know her to make me not that I didn't care, but I think it was almost the, it was the presentation because Mm -hmm. you started the book knowing she had died. Mm -hmm. And like one of our first encounter with her was, was dying. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like that, like, I just, I knew it was going to be over, but I wasn't feeling the emotion for her. You weren't connected to her yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I almost feel like maybe if it happened the other way and I saw them fall in love first, that that would have changed it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not sure that I got to a point of deeply caring for Tom either. Hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, mm-hmm. I liked him okay, mm-hmm. but it wasn't Didn't a, have anything against yeah, him. <laughs> but it certainly wasn't. I mean, I guess I can't go through life comparing every book to the Heart's Invisible Furies. <laughs> no, but where you re- when they where span that, like a whole lifetime, yeah. like then obviously his is like centuries long. Right, but that level of investment yeah. in a character. Yeah, I feel like often, wanna... often when you do spend mm-hmm. all that time with the character, I'm kind of liking them more. And I, I don't mm-hmm. know if I was really feeling that for him. I also. I have mixed feelings. Well, maybe they're not so mixed. I think I have negative feelings about the climax of the book where he finally meets his daughter, Marion. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of this. So she has basically spent hundreds of years now at this Mm -hmm. point, hating her father, thinking that he abandoned her, but then seems to be convinced in a simple conversation that none of that is true. (laughs) You know, it's so I was, I was kind of, it just felt a little too easy Uh to resolve. Like she was like, you abandoned me and I'm here to kill Uh you and everything. And, and what did he even, it was the coin, the coin. So I was feeling like that too, until the coin was like, okay, that that was the thing that something tangible like why would he keep that right this whole time yeah and she, he's like this literally kept me alive like yeah. he had talked about being in the ditch during the war and right staring at it because he just wanted to end everything yeah. and All right. so it was like she could see she remembered so clearly him leaving yeah that it was like tormenting her for right. life mm-hmm. you know and plus just the fact that she was this albatross that exactly. they were called where like they were saying a lot of people lose their minds because to relive totally oh my gosh you're not meant to live that long right. yeah <laughs> and so I feel like it like snapped her out of it then and she gotcha. could be like, oh, I do remember that. Yeah. 
he could okay. kind of meet her where she was at with gotcha. that coin. But I gotcha. get what you're saying. Until the coin, I felt uh-huh. the same way. And then I was like, okay, that could be the yeah. thing that. Yeah. I don't know if it gave me enough forgiveness. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I also, I think just after the book, and maybe I just didn't pay attention enough as it was going on, like it, the book was tra- was setting up uh, Hendrick as mm-hmm. just, you know, being the villain. Right. And he was just like so evil. And yeah. I don't know if we, I don't know if I got enough to understand why he was really mm. so evil. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just, just you know, wants that paranoia. control. And, and why did he hate Tom so much? Just because Tom was like, didn't want to play the game as yeah. well as Hendrick wanted him to. I got the impression that it was just that that was his version of the madness. Do you know what I'm saying? That it could make you mad. And gotcha. like that his version was just extreme paranoia. Gotcha. And gotcha. so he kind of contrived mm. this whole thing that wasn't even right. really necessary. Everyone could kind of manage it on their own. Right, right. But also like like many villains, mm-hmm. right? Real life villains, there's truth to it. There's mm-hmm. truth to the fear that they're preying upon. Like, right. Tom had lost important people in his life right. because of his condition, right? right? So like I thought that was a little bit interesting. Like. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, it's easy to prey on people's fears right. to serve your own purposes. Totally. Um, I guess I just wonder if he hadn't like brought Tom and Marion together. It almost just seemed like if he had delivered the like most amazing gift he could have ever given Tom, it seems like that's the way you get a loyal follower. Right. Almost. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. So anyway. Um so those are kind of just some uh big thoughts. I have just a couple a couple of more notes. Um or just things I kind of liked. Um, Tom says about Twitter. (laughs) So this is in the later, like Mm -hmm. present day, all the different voices, the squabbles, the arrogance of creativity, the ignorance, the occasional, Mm. but wonderful compassion and watching the evolution of language head toward a new kind of hieroglyphics. And I have just thought this before. Mm -hmm. Like I want a meme. There probably is one where it's just like, we started with cave drawings and here we are with the cave drawings. Right. With emojis. Yeah, yeah. exactly. (laughs) And so I've just thought about that. um, And I liked that that captured that. Okay. I really liked this one too. When Tom goes out with Camille, the teacher he's kind of sweet on Mm -hmm. and a few of the other teachers and there's Martin, the Mm -hmm. music teacher. I love this quote about Martin. So (laughs) Martin says, um, I like the old stuff before everything was commercialized and we're all just yeah, like, Ugh. of course you do. <laughs> and Tom says, I don't like Martin. The great thing about being in your 400s is that you get the measure of someone pretty quickly and every era is clogged with Martins and they are all dickheads. <laughs> I loved that so much. It was it's such so a true. truth. It was such, and they all, such that a That kind truth. of person always just thinks they're like so unique and special exactly. because they're like above the Exactly. And things. I have all these very specific likes and dislikes right. and you couldn't possibly understand right. how eclectic I am. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm going to think of that quote the next time I meet someone like that. Okay. And my final thing, this is probably something that no one else would even notice in the book, but this is very early on when he's just describing what an albatross is. Mm -hmm. And he mentions that maybe a more appropriate name or the actual animal that actually lives long, the longest is Ming, the clam. Do you remember this? I mean, this is so early on. Um, And this is just my biologist nerd coming out. And so he (laughs) mentions just Ming, the clam is this super old certain species of clam that was discovered and it was um, thought to be just hundreds of years old. Okay. Um, And so I was just like, that is so fascinating. Is that true? I immediately had to put down the book and go do (laughs) Wikipedia, do some research. And it is true. There actually was a Ming the clam. It was estimated to be 507 years 
old a living organism like a living little animal estimate such a thing well this is so cool they actually can count there's little rings oh like a tree yes and so i mean they just said that there were tons like jammed millimeter by millimeter so they had to count them here is the sad part as the scientists were trying to date it they opened the clam they killed it i mean you don't open a clam just unless you're going to eat it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So that was kind of sad. Um, and then that made me think of this tangent that I just have to share because random tangent that I thought of. So there was a radio lab episode, this great podcast, mm-hmm. and it is about this scientist or graduate student and they were dating some trees which you do by like putting the sharp tube into a tree and pulling out this little like Mm -hmm. straw and then you count its tree rings that way okay and anyway this this did that I think they did that I don't think they cut it all the way down but whatever they did to try to date it actually ended up killing the tree Mm -hmm. well it ended up being the oldest known tree to man it was listen to this this tree was four thousand 844 years old. So they killed this super old tree, but I went to look up. I think there was an addendum. They have since discovered a nearby tree of the same kind. I think this was, gosh, this might even be in the United States. Don't quote me on that. I'll link to the episode. (laughs) Okay. Um, So they have found an even older one. This tree is over 5,000 years old. This like blows my mind. It makes me so excited. Like I would go visit this tree just to like (laughs) hug it. I would plan a trip around this tree. (laughs) Anyway, so that's, so this is the whole tangent I went off of on like three paragraphs in. I was like, Ming the clam, I got to know more about this. No, but that is really, there is just a lot you can take from this book that is just like about the nature of history and about being human or being alive and like how we it is super interesting that the tangents you can go yes, off on. Yes, exactly. Like, okay, so what did you think about the okay, book, Okay, so I would say I gave it like a B plus probably. Okay. Not necessarily life-changing, which is right. definitely one of my criteria for an A. Like yes. somehow made me think it's gonna differently stay with you. about uh-huh. life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, de- I do think I'll be thinking about it mm-hmm. and like some of the points yeah. that it raised. But they were it was more like... Oh yeah, that has put into words something that I've already felt. Right, you know right, what I right, mean yeah. in a really good way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely would recommend it. I feel like yeah. it's a very interesting book. Um, I also just thought there was some really beautiful and like uh, just good writing mm. in certain spots, like mm-hmm. great sentences, and then also like just the deep, deeper thoughts and observations about life. But um, I also loved the way that the skipping back and forth in time periods worked. I feel like mm-hmm. sometimes in a book, if that's not done well, yeah. it's done a lot, first of all. Yes. And when it's not done well, it's very disjointing. Yes. And like it, it's, it hel- it like takes away from you connecting with the right. book. And I feel like the way that he did it, connecting it to times and places or even an object, mm-hmm. he was very um, deliberate about it and mm-hmm. it flowed nicely. Mm-hmm. Unlike some other books that do that, there was just this trail of meaning connecting, right. connecting each time jump. Right. And you understood a little bit deeper into Tom and yes, you know, as, as they went back and right. forth. It would be building. He'd be mm-hmm. talking in the present and kind of reference something from the past. And you kind of knew you were about to go there. It wouldn't right. just whisk you off to some right. other random and time. Like, where are we now? Exactly. And it would always say, I mean, even little things like the headings at the top of just chapters when started with when and where you were, totally. which that does not always happen yes. with the time travel book. Sometimes so. you spend two pages just yeah. being like, who is this? Where Wait, are we? Yeah. Are What's we in happening? France? Are we in London? What's <laughs> happening? Um, 
so yeah, I, I really liked that about it. I I did like the ending. I thought okay. it was surprising. Okay. I didn't see that coming mm-hmm. necessarily. Right. Yeah, I didn't think she would be like, yeah, I was wondering, yeah, if she would turn up mm-hmm. dead or... I did think they, I, I mean, they made it pretty clear that probably Hendrick had kidnapped her, her from the, uh-huh. you know, that he already had her. Gotcha. And just the way he kept putting him off about it, he right. was kind of dangling that carrot mm-hmm. for him to do what he wanted mm-hmm. him to do. Yeah. But for um, her to have like turned so far against him. Yeah. I thought that that was interesting and just like a really, I don't know, like a really profound statement about childhood trauma, even mm. like what that can do. And then if you have to live with Ugh. that for like hundreds and hundreds yeah. of years and just the whole like, I don't know that what that does to somebody like Mm -hmm. grief and um, memories that they can't shake and Mm -hmm. just like really, really interesting Mm -hmm. and how somebody can be so stuck um, because of that. And it just kind of was an exaggerated version of that because she lived for so long, but that that was interesting point. Um, I'm going to read, I have lots of post-it notes, so I'm going to read aloud some just like, okay, first I just have some really great examples of like descriptions that I liked. So there was... um, Let's see here. Let's see. I lost one. Okay. So he's just talking about even the head teacher at his new school when he Mm -hmm. decides to be a teacher in the present Mm -hmm. in London. And he's talking about her and he says, I return my focus to the head teacher, Daphne Bello. She is wearing orange hoop earrings. She has a few white hairs amid the black. She is smiling at me. It is a wistful smile, the kind of smile no one is capable of before the age of 40. Mm -hmm. The kind that contains sadness and defiance and amusement all at once. I remember that. That is a good sentence. I liked that. Um, and then there were, he's describing Dr. Hutchinson's beard. Mm-hmm. In this, another, is, this is the doctor he first went to. And decided right? to say like, hey, I have I, this I've been condition. for a long time. Because he kind of studied the opposite, like people prematurely right, aging. So right. he thought maybe he could help him. And so he says, um, he was tall and smart and had a long beard. The beard in particular earned admiration. Neither Greek philosopher nor shipwrecked castaway. <laughs> this was something very carefully thought out and pre-planned. The beard getting narrower and wispier as it descended until it reached a thin white line, a tail that faded imperceptibly into nothing. It may have been the intense nature of the morning that made me see in that beard a metaphor for mortal existence. <laughs> like, just That's a lot great. of good like metaphors and yeah. similes like that. Yeah. Um, there was one other line that I just really loved as a teacher. Uh-huh. He says, he's talking about like talking to his, wait, I got to find it. Um, he's talking to like getting started teaching his oh, class yeah. of like, they're like freshmen, right? right? And he's like, witches, I say in the voice of a teacher, that is a voice that isn't really heard. <laughs> so this is the life I have chosen above all others. The life of a man standing in a room of 12 year olds, ignoring him. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny and then he's like we're only five minutes into the lesson it is going badly the lesson the day the job it is all going badly <laughs> just really so funny um but yeah then he had just some amazing observations I feel like that are so simple but mm-hmm. really profound about like what it means to truly live mm-hmm. and to be human mm-hmm. um even just talking about like the progress, the progress of humanity seemed to be measured in the distance we placed between ourselves and nature. Mm. We could now be in the middle of the Atlantic on a steamship such as the Etruria and feel as if we were sitting in a restaurant in Mayfair mm-hmm. and just how much that like impacts mm-hmm. how we live. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, let me find, there's a couple other ones that I just absolutely loved about like, I love, I did highlight the one about, 
burning down paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Oh, this one I liked a lot. The lesson of history is that ignorance and superstition are things that can rise up inside almost anyone mm-hmm. at any moment. Mm-hmm. And what starts as a doubt in a mind can swiftly become an act in the world. I loved that. Very what good was point. that? What was that in reference to? I mean, that sounds like the how his mother died. Is it yeah, he was talking about else? superstition rising in like King James oh, England, basically, gotcha. and mm-hmm. just that it wasn't unique to that time period. Right. Right. Um, sorry, you might have to edit out a. Pause. Oh, that's fine. That's easy to do. I just had a couple more that were like so so good. Okay. He talks about um, he's in Dubai mm-hmm. at the end, traveling to, where's he going? Australia to see Omai? Yes. Um, and he says, as far as I can see, this is a problem with living in the 21st century. Many of us have every material thing we need. So the job of marketing is now to tie the economy to our emotions, mm-hmm. to make us feel like we need more by making us want things we never needed before. We are made to feel poor on 30,000 pounds a year, to feel poorly traveled if we have been to only 10 other countries, to feel too old if we have a wrinkle, and to feel ugly if we aren't photoshopped and filtered. No one I knew in the 1600s wanted to find their inner billionaire. They just wanted to live to see adolescence and avoid body lice. Yes. <laughs> he was talking about like all of this uh, business, self-help, right. whatever books like in the yeah. Dubai airport and how right. it's just like such a problem of privilege, yes. you know? It is so, so true. Um, he's talking to Omai at the end and Omai says, um, talking about just needing to live your life. Like he's like, well, what if your secret gets out and people are dangerous? And he says, um, a wave can kill you or you can ride it. It's sometimes more dangerous to shy away. You can't live your life in fear, Tom. You have to be prepared to get on your board and stand on your feet. If you are in the barrel of a wave, you have to ignore the fear. You have to be in that moment. You have to carve on through. You get scared, and the next thing you know, you're off your board and smashing your head on a rock. Mm. I'm never going to live in fear. I can't do that. It's interesting how, mm-hmm. like, sometimes it's more dangerous to mm-hmm. live in fear. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, one more. Mm-hmm. He's talking about uh, the future, mm-hmm. and I thought this was really interesting in talking about how you know, you were saying you don't romanticize the past because mm-hmm. there was some awful things about the past, but also like thinking that we are in the worst that it's ever been yeah. and that the future is just getting so much worse and scary mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. worrying and being anxious about the future. Mm-hmm. He's saying his perspective gives him this, um, or his living this long gives him this perspective. But the thing is, you cannot know the future. You look at the news and it looks terrifying, but you can never be sure That is the whole point with the future. You don't know. At some point, you have to accept that you don't know. You have to stop flicking ahead and just concentrate on the page you are on. I liked that too. I remember reading Mm -hmm. that. So yeah, just some really, I was like, wow, I was not expecting that from Mm -hmm. this book necessarily. Mm -hmm. So I guess that where I was thinking it was going to be a little more of a love story, Mm -hmm. I liked that there was some deeper meaning there. And I liked that it was talking about more than just, you know, romantic love, like the love of Mm -hmm. parents Mm -hmm. and what what connects us and makes us human mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Yeah. i just thought even his teacher his teaching feeling like he was doing some greater good yeah by like influencing the future somehow even if he right. couldn't stay with yeah. those kids it was and there like, was that for that that one kid that was kind of hanging out with the yeah. hoodlums but then he yeah. saw him reading and he was just like all right i've done i've done something yeah. good here so I just thought it was kind of really interesting observations yeah Okay, so there is this idea throughout the book that certain things transcend time, kind of Mm -hmm. the whole point of like how to stop time is to grab onto these things like love, 
music, grief are mm-hmm. kind of big ones that are talked about and mm-hmm. are kind of a theme throughout. So what did you think about that? Did you pick up on that? Mm-hmm. Where do you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, just, I was kind of thinking there was, I maybe it was kind of towards the end or I feel like he like said specifically about how to stop time mm-hmm. or there was another, I have a quote. You want, do you have you a quote? quote? Yeah. Let's read the quote While to remind me to remind yeah, he me. He kind of sums it up nicely for us at the end. He says, it is clear in those moments that burst alive, the present lasts forever. And I know there are many more presents to live. I understand. I understand you can be free. I understand that the way you stop time is by stopping being ruled by it. Mm. I am no longer drowning in my past or fearful of my future. How can I be? The future is you. Mm. And it was interesting because knowing that this was a love story, I feel like I almost expected it to be like, time stops when you're with your love. Yeah. But it's interesting that it was not just about that. Mm-hmm. It it was just being present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did really like those. Um, yeah, I do. I, I, I guess I kind of, I start thinking about it from more of a like biological scientific mm-hmm. like aspect, just that I think when we have these really, when we have really big emotions or we're experiencing something new, whether it's new love or we're just in new surroundings, Mm -hmm. I think it just makes us so much more aware Mm -hmm. and that's just more likely to leave an impact. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that that means that those are any less valid or less important. It's just kind of interesting. And I almost think for me, like knowing that, I think then I'm almost maybe more aware when I uh, almost have an opportunity to kind of stop time Mm -hmm. or like make a memory Mm -hmm. in that way. I was kind of thinking that uh, this year when the boys started school, I was just kind of thinking around those early days. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I'm probably going to remember their first day of school forever, you know, likely. So it was almost kind of cool to be like, okay, I'm like living in this day. I wonder. It's kind of an out-of-body experience, right? And like, I wonder what little details Mm -hmm. will stay with me, you Mm -hmm. know, because sometimes uh, there are those just little random details. Mm -hmm. That's like, why do I remember, you know, Mm -hmm. picking out their shoes, you know, when that was And don't you feel like the universe, universality of that, if that's the Mm -hmm. right word, that experience. Yeah. Like the whole, the, it makes it more meaningful in the present because you remember yours from the past. Yeah, and he's totally. saying like the fact that he experienced like so many lifetimes mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. taught him like, no, love is love is love is love mm-hmm. is love. Like all just, you, mm-hmm. you can, it gets a deeper meaning when mm-hmm. you take the past and kind of mm-hmm. meld it with the present yeah. instead of being stuck there right. or yeah. scared of the future. It's just kind of, it was just really interesting. Yeah, I thought. that is really interesting. Um, I think it also just like that aspect of stopping time and how he was talking about being present. I think then too, there's a message of, it's not just these big important events mm-hmm. or life-changing events, but if you can just stop and notice what's happening and be so grateful Mm -hmm. and appreciative of what you have or what's going on that you can slow down just Mm -hmm. a normal Tuesday. And that's a really beautiful thing Mm -hmm. too. Um, and I, I really, I really liked that. Yeah. I think it was interesting that there was kind of this, I feel like there's kind of a, a literary device that's used often is like giving you perspective because maybe it's like one day in the life of somebody that, you know, ended up, dying in the 9-11 attacks or something Mm -hmm. like very something that gave them perspective was like 
because of how short life was cut. Mm-hmm. And this is like the opposite of mm-hmm. that. Interesting. Like what yeah. gives him the perspective of what's important where he could just feel like nothing is important right. because like, I mean, it's whatever, gonna I'm just going to keep living. And... It actually heightens everything mm-hmm. for him because mm-hmm. he sees like that continuing mm-hmm. thread. And I just thought that was super interesting and kind of like, again, this is obviously an extreme example of it, but how age gives you wisdom and perspective because you, you it just filters out what's not important Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. like the important things rise to the top. Right. right? So, um, I really love what he said. There's just kind of this subtle thread of music throughout. Yes. And Mm -hmm. how music is so universal Mm -hmm. and connective and like timeless really. Mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. you just, no matter where the music is transports you, Mm -hmm. he says, um, Music is about time, I told her. It is about controlling time. When she stopped playing, she looked thoughtful for a moment and said something like, I sometimes want to stop time. I sometimes want in a happy moment for a church bell never to ring again. I want not to ever have to go to the market again. I want for the starlings to stop flying in the sky. But we are all at the mercy of time. We are all the strings, aren't we? She definitely said that last bit. We are all the strings. So just even like that Mm -hmm. you are the strings of music Mm -hmm. and the... Mm -hmm. I don't know, just like you mm-hmm. could dissect that one mm-hmm. thing for such yeah. a long time. So yeah, I just really like that. I have just, this is making me think of a, think kind of of a question about Tom as a character and how he changed through the book. Mm. Because by the end of the book, he, he does have this perspective and he mm-hmm. is seeing how this long life of him gives him this appreciation and seeing the importance of mm-hmm. life and aspects. But he wasn't always like that. Right. You know, when, mm-hmm. like, when did he change? Was it when like Hendrick found him and he realized like what I am and, mm. and kind of saw that? Was well, it maybe when like he realized Marion was alive for sure? I feel like he realized at a certain point that he was worried about staying alive and keeping people alive around him that he cared about yeah. and, and just staying one step ahead of like everybody that was after him, but realized that wasn't living uh-huh. like at the end, like there's a mm-hmm. different change mm-hmm. where he realizes like, I haven't actually been living all mm-hmm. these years right. though. Like after right. talking to all my existing. And, yeah. So I don't know. Hmm. Okay. I, I feel like that was like a big, mm-hmm. and he does say something about when Marion's in front of him, like he could have grabbed the gun, he could have whatever. But at, at that point it wasn't about self-preservation. Right. It was about like living and connecting with his daughter. Yeah. Like, yeah. It didn't matter if mm-hmm. she killed him or not in mm-hmm. a physical sense. Yeah. You know? I do think that re-meeting, oh my, that was really mm-hmm. transformative too. Because mm-hmm. he saw someone with the same condition that was approaching it so differently. That had his daughter who is exactly. elderly now at that mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which I thought was so sweet. Too. Yes. Yes. Um, this also just made me think of something that sometimes I've thought of, like just as, you know, I'm not not middle-aged yet, but mm-hmm. getting enough years that mm-hmm. I kind of, you know, sometimes some you wisdom think, there, yeah, right? Yeah. Some gray think, hairs have think emerged. Of, think about your own mortality from time to time. And especially almost like sometimes this makes me, makes me think this way when there's some new technology, um, or just, I don't know, or even like some big world event that is tragic. And sometimes I'll just think it almost seems like just from an evolutionary perspective, mm-hmm. humans, like a hundred years just seems like about all I could take. Right. Like the emotion, right. just living all through life's ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, that like, and also just keeping up with the progress. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm almost just exhausted thinking about him, like keeping up with all of the yeah. new technology all the time. Yeah, it would like stress me out when he was talking about like in the being in the, you know, present day mm-hmm. and on his smartphone or on mm-hmm. Facebook or mm-hmm. whatever, 
But then like having to hold all of that knowledge of like from how to play a lute right. to like, you know what I yes. mean? Like how yes. to, I, I don't know how to thatch a roof right. to exactly. like how to use Twitter. Exactly. I mean, it's like, like I honestly don't think our human brains yeah. could like <laughs> could do that. We're not built to do yeah. that. So Too I many just, contexts to have yes, to live in. Yes, exactly. But yeah, so interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we picked it. Yeah. So we would love to hear what you think. Yeah. Thank you for listening and reading along with us. Connect with us on Instagram and let us know. We're going to post about it um, when this airs for sure so we don't spoil anything. But make sure to um, comment there. We are High Girls Next Door. You can find our Facebook page. Or as always, you can shoot us an email at highgirlsnextdoor at gmail.com. Thanks so much for dropping in. Until next time, be neighborly. So many post-it notes. <laughs>